You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code PLAY for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Welcome back to the Flaunt Your Fire podcast. Flaunt Your Fire is a visibility marketing agency that disrupts stereotypes and defies one-size-fits-most tactics. Approaching our work with a human's first lens means addressing challenges that prevent businesses and individuals from attracting more of the work that they truly want. Since 2008, we've provided strategy, planning, design, and photography services for brands that speak volumes before ever saying a word. I am your host and CEO of Font Your Fire, India Jackson, and today I am joined by Emily Souder. Emily Souder is a licensed therapist, a coach, and a Reiki master practitioner here in the state of Maryland, and she is passionate about serving others through writing. She's just released her brand new book, Sparks, which is about releasing the power of fear. Emily loves tea, spending time outside with her family, and all things related to personal growth. And that's one of the reasons that I brought her here to the podcast today, because I am a firm believer that marketing and visibility are so much more than a tactic. And when you are able to create a healthy relationship with your fears, with the nervousness, with any of the stories that can come up, when you have to put yourself out there and use your voice, you can then find it much, much easier to execute on the strategy that you have been given and really find a way to do things that feels true and authentic to you. That's the best way to amplify your visibility is being able to fully show up as yourself and to attract the people that love exactly what that is. And so I just want to remind you that visibility is more than a tactic. This is why we're having these conversations here that go beyond just here's what you go do. (laughs) Marketing is so much more than strategies. Both of these have the power to allow you to connect with others in a very deep and meaningful way. Oh, Both of them allow you to find a place to say something about your beliefs, to say something about your values, and to change your industry altogether. But to get there, you've got to allow yourself to be seen, not just in your Instagram grid, but also in how you think and what you believe and what you truly feel. Before we ever write a plan for our clients, Before we ever create images for their bio and their book, 
before we ever design the layout for their book or their podcast cover graphic or their new website or their media kit. Before we recommend a platform to post on and to show up on, we are here to help you discover what's important to you and to help you find your voice and to be that trusted friend along the way that understands that fear is going to happen. It's going to come up. And this is exactly why we take the time to truly get to know our clients well and to support them in moments like that, to keep them accountable, to keep them going, and to really just remind them that it's okay to be a human for a moment. This is exactly why they have us. All right, you are going to enjoy Emily as much as I do. She is so sweet. I've had the pleasure of meeting her online and in person, actually, at our Pause on the Play networking parties in Maryland. And she's just, she's so incredible. And oh my gosh, any woman who is really using her power to support other individuals and being able to feel more confident, more secure in who they are and really find that place of moving from fear into amusement, being able to laugh at some of the thoughts that they may have sometimes, and to just really step into being truly themselves and comfortable in what that is, has my full respect. Plus, um, did I say that this woman listens to Erica Badu? <laughs> Instantly a winner in my book. All right, let's get this show on the road. Thank you so much for being here today, Emily. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Same. I know we've been talking about the new book that you've launched and the name just really stood out to me, um, Sparks. So you have to dive into a little bit of what inspired you to create this book for us. Absolutely. So the name Sparks came from a nickname that my husband uses for me. He's been calling me Sparky for years and it he also calls me Sparks as like a shortened version of that. And honestly, most of the time now, Sparky doesn't come out at all. It's all been Sparks for the past um, couple of years. And he always kind of referred to this spark that he felt between us. And that's where it came from. And it's super, you know, gushy and <laughs> it sounds all like <laughs> lovey-dovey. But, you know, it's just, it's a fun, it's like a playful thing between us. And when I started so I knew that I wanted to communicate to readers like this really to come from a really warm, authentic place that was relatable. And it just felt right to use this name that this playful thing between my husband and I to, to relate to other people as well. And to kind of act as, um, something that could, an image that could lend itself easily to inspiration and to kind of igniting a new way of being. And so that's where it came from. Awesome. I love it. And it just makes me think about like, I don't know. I, I feel like we're going to name this episode adding sparks to your fire because you need the sparks to really just be able to fully step into who you are, what you're doing, um, 
And a large part of what you do is in a way you kind of help people do that through coaching and you're also a licensed therapist and you also do Reiki. Can you tell me a little bit about what Reiki is for our our listeners that don't know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And Reiki is something that until you've experienced it can be a concept that's a little tricky to, to really get and understand. But what it is, is basically the idea that there is a life force energy that is all around us. And that once you receive sort of an attunement, which is um, kind of like a training that we go through and there are different levels, you are able to channel that energy um, to a specific person or in a more specific way. And so it's not ever an energy that's coming from the provider themselves. Like that person doesn't have any special power that you know, you don't have or don't have access to. It's merely tapping into something that's around all of us already and learning how to channel it. And it's actually a practice that, I mean, there are all different kinds of energy healing, and this is just one of them. Uh, my training is in the Usui lineage of Reiki, and it's only about 100 years old. So this isn't something that's super ancient, although I'm sure other types of energy healing have been around forever. Um, but this is one that, you know, um, Usui sensei tapped into this energy during meditation and learned ways to channel to other people so that we can experience deep relaxation and healing because when our bodies are more relaxed, we're able to aid in our own healing. And it's really incredible because this is something that's used in hospitals, you know, across the country and in helping with healing and comfort for patients. And it's, it's a really, it's unlike any other type of relaxation that I've experienced. And I was hesitant at first, you know, like I was, I was definitely a skeptic, but now I'm a, I'm a Reiki master practitioner and, and hoping at some point to maybe become a teacher as well. That's pretty cool. I had no idea that it was used in hospitals. So yes. You yeah. Learn something new every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I found really interesting about you is that you've kind of start started this con- conversation both in your book and just in your day-to-day life about going from fear to experiencing amusement and then stepping into knowing and trust. Um, and I'd like to know a little bit more about like, what does that path look like? And what are some of the stages that you kind of take people through as they're looking to go on that path? Sure. And I want to be clear that I'm, there's not, there's not really an end point. You know, I haven't, I haven't made it to some place on the other side. I've definitely, um, I'm growing and I'm on this path with the readers of the book and with the people that I work with. Um, I don't want to come from a place of being like, oh, well, I've done this and now I'm here. And, you know, it's not like that. It's this, it's this constant transformation and something that we will all be practicing with throughout our lives. So just to, just to um, clarify that. But so um, basically, you know, the journey with fear starts with becoming aware of it. In order to change your relationship to fear, you have to be able to hear it and you have to be able to not be scared of that voice because the first thing that a lot of us do is when we hear that fear voice we probably over identify with it we take it to be truth and either we you know act accordingly or we shove it down and pretend it's not there and we want to kind of like put blinders on or or you know 
earplugs in and just kind of be like, la la la, like I don't hear you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so like we have to, we have to learn to undo that first and we have to hear our fear and realize that it is probably giving us a message for some reason, you know, trying to protect us. You know, we can hear that voice with compassion and understanding. We have to know that what it's telling us isn't our truth. It's, it's a, you know, it's a thought, it's a, it's an idea. And so that will give us a chance to say, okay, what is this trying to tell me? How do I want to act in this situation? What is the goal? You know, am I trying to write a book? Am I, am I wanting to record a song or, you know, write a new blog post and put it out there that's making me feel vulnerable? And, you know, is this fear voice that's separate from me holding me back? And once you kind of get the practice of hearing it and identifying it, then you can start to practice acting anyway. And this is something that we forget. We forget that we can be scared and do something anyway. Like we always, we always tell my son, you know, when it comes to bravery and he's five, you know, like being brave is being scared and doing something anyway. And our fear voice, especially in us adults, it kind of gets us to the point where we forget that we're able to act despite those fear voices, that we're able to do that. You know, it's an option. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, so that's what we really need to start practicing with, to not shove that fear voice down, to honor it, and to move forward anyway. Um, and then to start kind of opening up to the idea of seeing life from a place of interest and curiosity. And that's the whole amusement part is like the interest and curiosity. And again, sort of maintaining a little bit of distance from our thoughts so that we're not getting sucked up by them, you know, because <laughs> um, that's for sure can happen. <laughs> right. And then starting to practice more and more with trusting the process trusting maybe something bigger than yourself, whether it's the universe or God, depending on your belief system, and also trusting yourself because we all have this intuitive voice that sometimes we might not know the difference between the fear voice and the, the intuitive voice. But I talk about that a little bit, you know, like the intuitive voice is usually steady. It's not, it's not a voice that's full of criticism. It's, full of love and it's not full of panic. The fear voice is full of panic. So not to confuse your intuitive voice with your fear voice, but, but yeah, you'll notice that I use the word practice a lot because that's what this is. We're constantly practicing and experimenting. That makes complete sense. It, it reminds me of um, <laughs> a previous podcast episode I had that was by myself, which is something that, we hadn't been doing very often here. Um, and I dive into how I started a practice of doing something every day that scared me. And it completely transformed my life. Like 100% I had, I felt like a different person at the end of that practice. And I'm wondering from your perspective, especially as someone who's written a book that dives into being able to do the scary things anyway and listen to what that fear is telling you, like, what is it to that experience? Like, what is it that is so like transforming about proving to yourself that the scary things don't have to be so scary? 
I think that it gives us a sense of mastery and competence and confidence. So, you know, there's uh, a book called The Confidence Gap by Russ Harris, and he talks about where, you know, one of our misconceptions is that we have to be confident before we act. And I think that the practice and the doing the thing every day that scares you, despite not having the confidence, despite being scared, um, is that it gives you the awareness that you really can do these things and you can do them when you're maybe feeling fearful or anxious or worried. And so once you can do that, like even if it's, especially if it's, you know, one little thing each day, it builds on each other and it gives you that momentum and it gives you the opportunity to see yourself as someone who can accomplish different things or more things, you know, the things that really want, that you want to accomplish to make yourself feel full and authentic. Mm. So for someone who is like, okay, I hear both of you. (laughs) I'm ready to start doing some scary things, but I don't even know what's scary right now. How do they begin to start to hear fear or feel or be able to be more aware when they're feeling fear? What are some signs and symptoms of that? Yeah. So the biggest thing is at first just to slow down in order to give yourself an opportunity to hear these thoughts, then you need to have some opportunities for kind of like mind space and quiet. And so when you notice that, you know, say your physical symptoms are really like, say your engine's really revving. That's what we would say with my son. Like your engine's revving at a really you know high <laughs> speed and just, that's a really good cue to just pause and check in with your thoughts and see if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I'm not going to get this deadline met or, you know, oh my goodness, like I have this talk coming up that I have to do and I'm thinking this and this and that about it. You know, a lot of times these can show up in physical symptoms in our bodies and we're just like, we're so used to just reacting and doing that we forget to just pause. And so the biggest thing that you can start with is finding a pause, whether it's something, well, I mean, it always has to be intentional, but whether you take five minutes a day for like a meditation practice, or you're like literally just, you know, having a cue, you know, some people say, um, uh, Michael Singer, the author of the untethered soul talks about every time you walk through a doorway, let it be, um, you know, a cue to you, you know, every time you sit down at your computer, let it be a cue to you to just pause, check in with your thoughts, check in with your body, see what your needs are, and also see what your body and mind are telling you or trying to tell you, you know, um, we're so used to moving, (laughs) moving, moving. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're being blown around by our thoughts and like just reacting rather than actually taking time to listen. I love that. I love that because I, I know that one of the things that allows you to do what scares you is just even being able to recognize what is scaring you, what is yeah. holding you back. Um, and you had talked with me before we started recording about how fear can keep you from doing the things that move you forward. Um, in your book, are you diving a little bit into like some practices that people can do to kind of work through these things to get to the next place. And then also I know that we talked about how there's really no 
destination. It's a constant like recycling of reevaluating fears. Yeah. <laughs> so do you talk about that as well? Yes. So, um, so yeah, to answer your first question, there are exercises in many of the chapters, not every single chapter. Um, I kept the chapters short on purpose because I'm a, I'm the type of reader who really likes short chapters. I like to like accomplish, <laughs> have that feeling of accomplishment when I'm reading a book, you know? <laughs> and um, so at the end of many of those, there are exercises related to whatever the content was for that chapter, um, whether it's something like a reflection or a practice for the upcoming week, you know, um, something like that. And I, I do, I talk about several times, I think, it, I want to say it's in the introduction, um, but, you know, I remind people that I, even though I'm writing this book, I'm not better than I'm not in some place where like I've done all the work. I'm still doing the work, you know, like I'm still doing the work. And I think that it's important to know that, but not in a way of like, oh man, well, why do I even bother? I'm going to still have work to do. Well, no, like you do still reap the benefits. It gets easier. Um, but but yeah, it's actually kind of exciting to think about these opportunities, like even all the stuff that we're going through right now with the quarantine. Um, I'm really, there have definitely been times of fear and anxiety for me during this. And what I keep leaning into and coming back to is using this as an opportunity for personal and spiritual growth. And that includes working with my relationship with fear. I love that. And I find it like incredibly interesting that um, there's this thought that people can have that like, okay, I do this and I'm done. But I mean, is that even a thing? I heard you say like, you're still doing the work, but is anyone ever completely done doing the no, work? Is, is no. like, that even possible? I, I mean, personally, <laughs> I don't personally, I don't think so. I think we get to a place where we can be a lot less rattled by like these changes. And I feel like we can get to a point where um, it's a lot easier for us to get back to our baseline. I feel like, you know, we can be more resilient, but I don't think that we're ever really through doing the work because there's always going to be a new situation presented to us by the world we're living in or the people that we're with. And yeah, I just, I don't think it's realistic to have, an idea that like, you know, I mean, even people who are, who are really well known in this field. And, um, I think that they, most of them are pretty transparent about still having challenges themselves. Um, and I think, was it Maya Angelou who said that like, even though she's written so many books that like, she still has this imposter feeling when she, you know, that's what she had said that whenever she had written so many books, she had said, I still get that feeling of being like an imposter. And I, that, that voice has a lot to do with fear. Hey, Flaunt Your Fire listeners. I have a special request of you. If you could open up your internet browser and head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash fire, I'd so appreciate it. Your star rating and written review ensures that we're able to get in front of more lovely listeners like yourself. 
So head on over again, that is ratethispodcast.com slash fire. And there you were able to leave a star rating and a written review. We so appreciate you for doing this. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, I mean, it makes me think, I don't know. I feel like evolution comes from doing the work. And so as long as we're constantly checking in with ourselves, we're able to continue to grow. Um, Do you think it's possible to create a healthy relationship with fear? I do. I do. And I think part of that healthy relationship looks like knowing that we're not always going to get it perfect and accepting that and expecting that. But I think that we are able to have um, a relationship with it where we honor it. We don't shove it away. We know that it has a message for us. We hear it. We know that it's part of us. And that even though it's not always a comfortable part, you know, like not all of our parts are comfortable. That's so very human. Like that's, that's so human is that we need to know that we can have that voice and also joy and accomplishment and success. Like in my view, like that uh, fear voice might only get louder when we, you know, become more successful or things like that. And that's okay. Like that's so human. Yeah. I feel like um, it tends to show up when you're right on the cusp of doing something amazing. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, you know, they have this in um, acceptance and commitment therapy, they have this uh, image of like demons on the boat and the demons are like, you can think of it also as like your fear voice will get louder and louder. Like as you're starting to make these positive changes, they're louder and louder and louder and they're going to try to like keep you from doing it. And the thing is like, they can't hurt you. We're so used to thinking that they can, but they're not, they're just thoughts. Yeah. So one of the things that you talk about is stepping into amusement. Mm -hmm. What is it about amusement that helps you move through fear? There's something about amusement and having that air of lighthearted entertainment and curiosity as you move through life that opens you. It seems like when you're more open that we can be create more space for practicing with that new relationship with fear and with being open to other things, because when you're open, you're not, you're not keeping things from flowing through, you know, you're not keeping the fear energy from flowing through. You're allowing it to flow in and out, you know, you're allowing it to, to go as it's meant to. And you're allowing also not just that, but you're allowing joy and like, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, like that feeling of being tickled, which is so silly, but like, um, (laughs) Like just the idea that you're out in life and you're like, oh, I feel so like, it's just like a neat thing that I just saw, you know, like, I don't, I don't know any other word that describes it as well as tickled, but like to just be amused that you're in this life, in this body for this one time, um, and to, to open so that things can flow. I love that. Especially at a time like now, um, recording while we're still quarantined finding amusement can be a bit of a challenge for many people if you're not, if it's not even on your radar, you know, that this is something that can enhance your life and can actually help you move through some of your fears. It's powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that too takes a ton of practice. You know, it just, all of this does, you know, I'm not going to say that it's always easy, but it's so worth it. Yeah. So 
I would love to know from this conversation, what is one thing that you would say someone could do or one takeaway they could have to get started on the journey of moving through their fear? I would say to just start and to just start pausing and to just start noticing and to do it imperfectly because that's the only way that we're going to do this and move forward is imperfectly. And that's human and that's normal. And, you know, you are in the same boat with so many people. We don't always talk about it, but we are in this boat together, this imperfect boat. And we just need to start and pause and listen and realize the distance between you and your fear thoughts. Mm, I love that. And I would say one thing I would want them to do is yeah, to go yeah. pick up your book. Oh, I would love that. Yes. Support why didn't I say that? Small and local business. Yes, exactly. Yeah, why didn't I? Think I had that you first? on that one. I got you, you did. You did. And thank you. <laughs> because I think it's really helpful, you know. And at this time where life has taken a pause, and it is a great time to be able to just kind of quiet the noise and really go back to some old school things like reading a good book, spending some time on the phone with someone you care about. You know, this is a book that can really move you through some of the fear at a time like this and into being able to laugh at some of your thoughts sometimes and be able to trust that everything's going to be okay on the other side, you know? Yeah, exactly. And we, we very briefly had a conversation about it, but I think it's important to address it because you're um, one of a few books that I have supported here on the podcast and I think that, you know, no one wants to fuel the Amazon fire, you know, (laughs) and we're already having to do it more than we necessarily want to do because certain things are not available at local stores or certain types of stores are closed right now. But I want to say that when you actually purchase a book from a U.S.-based writer, you're still fueling a small local U.S.-based business. Even though you purchased through Amazon, like it's supporting pe- lovely people like Emily, who actually happens to be right here in Maryland with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just a little reminder there that if you order through Amazon to purchase a book from a U.S. writer, you're still supporting a U.S. writer. And also transparency, like some of these writers are very busy. You have a full-time career as a therapist. You coach. Um, you have you were writing a book, which I'm sure felt like another part-time job. <laughs> yeah, and like my my little ones take up a lot of my time. They do my little my littles. Yeah. So Amazon, you know, I'm not here to promote Amazon. <laughs> um, most of you, if you follow me on social media, know how I personally feel about big conglomerates like that. But at the same time, it does make things a little bit easier for people who are launching a book and do have other things that they're having to maintain, like careers, to not have to print each one of these themselves, to not have to pack and ship them individually. So it makes a lot of things possible. 
Exactly. Um, anyway, yeah, no, not a good little point. bit on an Amazon soapbox. No, no, I think it makes. <laughs> it, and I'm glad. I'm I'm glad you brought that up from our conversation before. And and you know, like when you buy the Kindle version, like that doesn't take away from them needing to get out essential supplies or anything like that, you know? So that's always an option as well. Like if you have un, unsure feelings about that, like if the book offers a Kindle version and mine does, um, you know, that's, that's another option as well. You know, it doesn't, it's just digital. It doesn't impact that flow. Absolutely. And the Kindle version is also like saving a few trees. So yep. if you're environmentally conscious, yep. there you go. And that'd be a lot more challenging for each individual writer to have to figure out an entire like online system for shipping out books physically, printing out the books physically, and being able to offer them through audiobook or a digital version like Kindle on their own without the support of a company like that. Exactly. So I'm not a fan of Amazon and I know many of my listeners are probably not, but there's a reminder that sometimes it is supporting things that are really important and give back because right. Emily, you do a lot of work to support people and their emotional and mental health. Yeah. And it's always great to see people give back to professionals like you because (laughs) that's a whole nother conversation, but I'm sure at a time like this, um, you are really, really supporting people and being able to feel safe and comfortable at a time like this. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Of course. You're welcome. So I always ask before my guests leave, what is one thing that has helped you flaunt your fire? So you probably won't be shocked by my answer. Um, The thing that has most helped me flaunt my fire is doing little things every day that scare me, especially with visibility around um, Instagram in particular, because that's where I focus a lot of my energy. Um, I was really unsure about being seen. I was really unsure about uh, doing videos or lives, and I just... I did them anyway, because I knew that there was growth on the other side. I knew that there was opening and there was something for me that was important on the other side, you know, and I just, I love all things personal growth. And so by, by doing those little things that scared me, I was able to feel more authentic. And for me, like that authenticity is my fire for sure. I love that. And I think it's important to note that Um, a lot of times opportunities like this, being here on a podcast to promote a book that can come from just showing up on social media and being willing to do it imperfectly. We knew of each other prior to following each other on social media, but I feel like just in starting to see some of what you were doing, you seeing some of what I was doing, it kind of honed in on that relationship that we already had through our mutual friend, Erica. Um, But I've seen so many opportunities come from clients, uh, friends, being able to just be connected in a way that is a little bit more challenging to have to do in person on a day-to-day, but especially now where we're social distancing. I like to say we're physically distancing. (laughs) We are. That's exactly right. We're not, we're not socially isolating ourselves and that's important, right? You know, like we don't want to, we don't want to do that. We don't want to withdraw socially. No. (laughs) Well, I am so excited that you've been able to join me. And I'm really hoping that um, many of the listeners take that big step, go ahead and order the book and start doing the exercises in it. I think it can really support you in moving through fear and getting to that next place in life and in your business. 
Great. India, thank you so thank you so much for having me. It um it's just I'm thank you so much for the work that you do and having this platform to talk about the things that scare us because it's so important and you're doing you're just doing so such important work. Thank you so much. All right. If everyone wants to keep in touch with you, which I know they will, where would you like them to find you? <laughs> so the, the the biggest place that I am is on Instagram and that's at uh, wait, <laughs> it's at nesting underscore space. And yeah, Instagram is where I probably hang out the most. But, awesome. So yeah. I will make sure that in the show notes, there's a link um, for their convenience. They can just click and go ahead and follow you there. And I'll also include the link to your website because you're doing some pretty cool things there as well. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. If you are listening to this episode and you would love a partner in your visibility in marketing to help you feel seen, supported, empowered, and assured, I'm going to encourage you to head on over to flauntyourfire.com and there you will be able to book a free discovery call with me and we can get to know more about each other. We can get to discover all the cool things, all the stories that you have within you and the cool aspects of your brand that maybe you didn't even know were there. <laughs> this is a great way to learn more about what we do as well and to see if we are a great fit for working together. So I'm going to encourage you to head on over to flauntyourfire.com and there you can book that free discovery call. There's also a link for it in the show notes page. And I just am so excited for what we have ahead on this podcast. We have really been doing an overhaul on our written messaging and it's just been so incredible to really dive into the stories that I personally have, the stories our clients have, and bring these to you in a way that can really just change the way you see things and really guide you on this path of increased visibility and effective visibility because guess what all visibility isn't good visibility <laughs> so stay tuned and we will be back next week with the new episode Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?